This is The Dudes, delivering to you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics, featuring Reflector Managing Editor Tanner Marler and WMSB Sports Director Cody Blazak. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to The Dudes. Tanner Marler alongside Cody Blazak. Welcoming, welcoming all of you to the top of this 6 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about this past weekend, as hard as it may be. A lot of emotions, a lot of overreactions. We're past overreaction Monday, Cody, but I still think we're here at overreaction Tuesday. I don't Overreaction is a word to use, but at the same time, I do not think that we should have I don't think we should have lost that game. I don't think we. Sh- I don't think you should have lost it. And, and here's the thing, Cody. I've I've watched a lot of games where Mississippi State or Ole Miss will come into LSU and win the game, but they're not supposed to. This week was different. This past weekend was different. Mississippi State was supposed to come in and win that game, and they didn't. And we're going to talk about why here in just a moment. And I don't want to put it on one guy, but I think one big reason is Will Rogers did not play up to par. No, Will Rogers had probably one of his worst games as a Bulldog in that one. Not only from a passing standpoint, but from a decision-making standpoint. Checking plays at the line of scrimmage, reading the defense. Just a poor game from your signal caller, and you cannot have that if you want to compete in this conference. There, another thing that I have been seeing, though, is is on the ground. Everybody's saying on the ground was so much better the first two games. I, I beg to differ. When you look in the stat column, it says we only had 75 yards. Will Rogers also had a minus 22 yards, which takes away from that. But what you got to realize is from our two running backs and Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson, they went for 100 yards total. They both had 50 yards apiece. So, if you look at it from that standpoint, based on the rest of the season, the running game was on point. Yeah, they ran the ball very well. I think they just chose to run it at the most inopportune times. You know, you you go for it four times on fourth and short. The first time it works, but then Rodgers obviously has a lot of say in this play-calling situations, especially on fourth and short. There There were several times during that game that you saw him check to a run towards an overloaded blitz side, uh, particularly, I remember, on a fourth and one. And it made no sense. And Rodgers has got to realize that and be better. I also, Will Rogers said in the post-game press conference, along the lines of going for it on fourth so many times, it, he said himself they got to execute better. But he also said, fr- from a team standpoint, when Coach Leach puts you in those positions, that it shows that he trusts you to get the job done in those positions, which, yes, I, I love to see him do it. Maybe not at those times and maybe not as many times. Or where or, or, or at where those on locations. Field. I mean, you're at your own 22. Some of those were not – they weren't ideal. For, for the sake of trust, great, because I do think – the offensive team really does – I think they believe that he trusts them. Now, they might think his play calling is a bit dumb, which at the moment I think most people do. The, first, the the one they converted the first of the game was genius, and everybody was like, oh, this is 
stupid play call. And then when they got it, they were like, oh, that's such a great call. Which, it was a dumb call, but it did work. So I don't, I don't hate the the run play there. I don't hate the inside zone. I hate call where there. it was at. Yeah, that's the thing. That's I hate the where, location. That's my thing. If if you do that inside your own twenty or the twenty five, inside LSU's, LSU's twenty five. Okay, I'm perfectly okay with it. When you're doing it on your side of the field, though, at, at that early in the game and everything, it's it, scary. I'm getting very worried on it's what's scary. to come. It is scary. Nonetheless, not only struggles within the offense, but particularly. Along the offensive line, Cody, and I said for two weeks coming into this game that that was where the question mark really was, was along that front five. They hadn't seen the size, the speed, and the power that LSU was going to bring, and it bit them. Will Rogers was sacked four times. Yeah, when you get into conference play, they're not – LSU isn't Memphis or Arizona. For granted, I'm still not sure LSU is all that great, but when you put it on the spectrum, LSU would probably beat Arizona and Memphis pretty handedly as well. I know there was a close call with Florida State, but it was Brian Kelly's first game of the season. New team, a lot of hype coming in, things happen. You gave them two games to get ready and then a statement to make it home going into SEC play. You had to come prepared, and we. you talked specifically when we went to Arizona that Mississippi State is the better team, but are they going to come out on their heels? I don't think we came out on our heels, but I think we got on them in that you, second quarter and after that. I agree. It never really felt like after that missed PAT at the very start of the game, like Mississippi State was ever truly in control of that contest. You go down and you score once or twice and you put LSU down two or three scores, you take Tiger Stadium out of that game, and then then you have something to work with. But until then, it just didn't happen. They let LSU creep back into the game, and when the team crept back in the game, the stadium crept back in the game. And when that happened, it was over with. Brian Kelly had a very great quote after the game on kind of addressing how his team played against the Air Raid to open the game, and it was paralyzation by analyzation. He said his guys were overthinking and overcomplicating that air raid offense, and once they simplified it and simply went and made tackles, they shut it down. It's it's just aggravating because I'm not saying this team would have made the college football playoffs, but I I truly believe there was a shot at a New Year's Six Bowl. There was. And in reality, Cody, I think they still in a in a sort control their own destiny. In the not as far as the football the college football playoff goes, but as far as where this team could be at the end of the season. Arkansas is still a very beatable team. We know A and M is still a very beatable team. There's several very winnable games still on this schedule. Yeah, and I'm going to switch to just broader college football at the moment because you brought that up pertaining to the two teams of – you said Arkansas is a very beatable team, correct? So, just wanted to make sure before I say this, Arkansas and Texas A&M do play this week in the 10th-ranked team in the nation and the 24th team ranked in the nation. I still think 
Texas A&M is not all that. I don't think they deserve to be in the rankings. Yet, Texas A&M is a two-point favorite at home. Arkansas would be a one-point at home. That brings up some question marks for me when it comes to Arkansas. Well, I think a lot of those question marks are based off of the game last week against Missouri State, where they just couldn't get that offense rolling. It's uh, something to watch going forward. We've just state I don't want to say we looked convincing but we were up at a at a time 13 to nothing and I'm not I was not comfortable but I was a little at ease a little like we didn't come out as hot as I'd like to but we are putting points up on the board and I, I mean after LSU scored that first touchdown things just crumbled and they crumbled quickly third second half they just couldn't get things going no couldn't get anything going on the defensive end couldn't get anything going on the offensive end special teams miscues uh receiving miscues a lot of different factors but nonetheless bulldogs sitting at two and one home game against bowling green this next week a chance to bring a little bit of momentum back to this schedule we're going to take a short break we'll be back right after these messages Stay tuned. I'm Chris Jackamick. I served in the United States Air Force and I've deployed three times. So in 2017, I was serving as an Air Force First Sergeant. Our motto in that role is my job is people, everyone is my business. But unfortunately in that year, I would lose my own brother, Lance Corporal Adam Jackamick, to suicide. The majority of veteran suicides are from guns. I store my weapons securely, not only for myself, but for my family. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. My service never stops. Brought to you by End Family Fire and the Ad Council. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dudes. Just spoke about a suboptimal weekend for Mississippi State football. Another suboptimal weekend for another team here on campus, Mississippi State Volleyball. After a red-hot start to the season, traveling to Michigan with only one loss, playing in the Michigan Invitational, and now leaving with three on the year, Cody. Yeah, did not perform well at all up north. And now, I'm not going to say we're going downhill because I completely don't believe that. I believe Julie Darty Dennis will get this volleyball team in shape and get them rolling when SEC play starts, which I believe is this week, if I recall. That's correct. Um, I I, I really think she'll have them in tip-top shape. I, I, I'm not worried about them whatsoever. I know you had some uh, – you took, you took three losses in the past two weeks – and hadn't seen a loss since then. You lost your first one against Houston and Starkville for the Maroon and White invite. Then you lose in the Michigan Invitational to Bowling Green, three to two, and then to Michigan, one to three. Well, I think it goes back to I don't think it hurts them as far as just how good the team is. I think everybody knows this team is still wickedly talented and a very good volleyball team, I think where it really is going to hurt, Cody, is in the rankings. 
because, as you know, as we all know on this show, Mississippi State just doesn't get the type of credit and the notability in the top 25 poll that they should. These losses to a Bowling Green team and a Michigan team really don't help that scenario. No, they they don't help, but we talked to Coach Dennis quite a bit last year. We're going to try and talk to her this year as well, but last year we asked her when they got into the rankings, and her, this, from what I remember, her response is, we don't really care about the rankings. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, It's to her it's just a number. And at the end of the year, I really don't think she cares if she's the first team to get into the tournament or the 64th team to get in the tournament. She just wants in. Because if you want me to be honest, you can love this program or you can hate it. If they get in at one, yeah, people are going to think they're going to go further. But if they get in at 64 and they make it, to the semis or something, that's a storybook season right there. I agree. I think the goal still is just to make it to the tournament. It, and I, I really think it has to be, Cody. You know, you have a tournament appearance last year. You lose very early on. The goal For has granted, to, first tournament appearance first in, appearance in history. First tournament appearance in program history. I think the goal just has to be get back. Get back, compete show that you belong there, show that you plan on being there for the future, and that's all you can really ask for. Now, what that's going to take, though, is an utterly great run in SEC play. I do want to note Michigan is 9-1. and one. So the loss to Michigan, listen, Michigan is a good volleyball Yeah, program. no, I, I, the loss to Bowling Green is what hurts. Now, Bowling Green is a, is a solid volleyball team. Don't don't discredit them. Bowling Green is not great though. They are five and six on the season. Their their wins have come to Tennessee, Northern Kentucky, DePaul, American, and Mississippi State. Two wins over SEC schools. Their losses have come from a sweep from Michigan, a sweep from Pittsburgh, a sweep from Towson. A 1-3 loss to the number 22 team in the nation in Western Kentucky. That was at that time. That's I do not know the rankings now. A 1-3 loss against Loyola Chicago. And at the time, number 13 ranked Purdue, which was also a sweep. Again, a lot of those losses coming to perennial blue blood volleyball programs. This Bowling Green team is not bad. They push the tempo. They're aggressive. They play They play solid defense, and they really wear teams down. And that's what Coach Den- uh, Darty Dennis said after the match was they tend to wear these teams down. That's how they play. They play good defense. They wait for their opportunity, and they seize it when it presents itself. As of the rankings... From September 18th, when they last came out, Michigan received 18 votes. Believe it or not, last week when we checked, Mississippi State didn't have any votes to get in. They had two this week. Weird. I'll take it, though. I'll take to it. me, though, that shows that the committee sees that this is a good team, even when you take two losses in a weekend. So, moving forward, I do think there is a lot to see from this volleyball team. We'll be covering them all 
fall semester all season long, sitting at seven and three, I believe. Yes, they are sitting at seven and three. They play Georgia September twenty first, which is tomorrow. Game is at seven o'clock. I believe it is not. Oh, my bad. It is being aired on the SEC network. Big time. That is here as well. Yeah, that is here in the Gris. Brand new court, brand new floor. Go out and support this squad in the first home SEC match. They need it. They deserve it. And it could be a barn burner there in the Gris. Georgia, a very good volleyball program as well. They are 9-2 and two on the season. Coming off a loss, though. They're coming off a loss to Georgia Tech, who got they swept them. So, Georgia Tech, very solid volleyball team. Yes. Georgia Tech is 13 in the nation at the moment. So, going to be a good match tomorrow. Go out and support that team. Help them get that dub. Moving on into other Mississippi State athletics, who did have the only win of the weekend and is now still undefeated 7-0-2. The biggest win of the weekend, Mississippi State soccer, downing a top 15 Arkansas team, and not just a fluke win, Cody, beating them 2 to nothing. This soccer team this year is incredible. They're dangerous. They're Uh, very dangerous. Matty Anderson is an incredible goalkeeper. Best in the country. According to James Armstrong, too. I think according to everybody when the year's over. Got a chance to speak to James on a different show yesterday, and he said almost exactly what you said. We were talking about Matty Anderson and asking him about him, and he said not only is she the best in the SEC, but she is the best in the nation. They never traded for anything. Him and I are on the same exact page, and I think everyone on that team and everyone following this Mississippi State program is on the same page as him, too, because she, I don't think there's another word to label her other than she's an absolute beast on the back line. Absolutely, but there's another beast on that team, Cody, and it's a very young one. Maggie Wadsworth, back-to-back SEC Freshman of the Week, will probably wind up being SEC Freshman of the Month. I don't see how, if she keeps this level of play up, she's not SEC Freshman of the Year. And if that's the case, I don't see how she's not the best freshman, arguably, in the country. They're going to be taking on Texas A&M to, excuse me, Thursday, traveling to College Station. Big, big matchup there. Texas A&M... These rankings were from September 11th. They don't have the new ones out yet. A&M was, quote-unquote, the 26th team at the time. They receiving had the most votes. votes yeah. yeah, receiving the most votes after the top 25. Texas A&M is going to be a challenge, just like Arkansas was. Now, Mississippi State is hot, though, and they are on a tear. They are on a tear. The... This is going to be another solid test for them. And if they want to show, I think to the community here in Starkville, we realize they're legit. I we think do. that's fair. We do. You got to go out and keep winning. Or you do. I, I, you're going to get a loss here and there, unless you have a perfect season or an undefeated season, which is great. As but good a defense as this team has, don't put it past them. 
A&M is 5-2-2. It'll be a good one in College Station. For sure. Several, several Bulldogs performed well in the NFL this weekend. We'll get to that here in just a moment after a quick break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Are you a Mississippi University college-enrolled junior or senior pursuing an exciting career in broadcasting? The Mississippi Association of Broadcasters is offering scholarships to help qualified college students realize their dreams. Mississippi radio and TV broadcasters are looking for the best of the best to work in a variety of rewarding positions. Apply today and learn more. Visit msbroadcasters.org and click on the scholarships link. Applications must be received by October 15th. Welcome back into the Dudes State to Sunday's time. Big headline this weekend, Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles, Cody, was matched up with what many consider to be the best receiver in the NFL this season, Justin Jefferson, and absolutely shut him down, put him in a blanket. Two picks on the night for Darius Slay. believe Jefferson only had six targets and maybe only one reception. An absolutely dominant night for the former bull, former Bulldog and NFL veteran. Justin Jefferson did not have himself a great night. No, and granted, his quarterback is still Kirk Cousins. And a lot of those picks were on Kirk Cousins. They weren't great balls, but nonetheless, Darius Slay in coverage was immaculate. On the night, Justin Jefferson had 12 targets, 6 receptions for 48 yards. You don't usually see that from him. Yeah, and I think it was only six of those targets were when Slay was on him. Yeah, which which is probably fair. I mean, it, absolutely dominant performance from him. I don't think there's anything else to label it as. No, but is that Eagles team legit this year, Cody? I don't know. I was thinking that as well. You And I was not big on Jalen Hurts coming into the year just because I wasn't impressed with him the past couple of years. He's He really looks like he's figured it out, though. He, he really does. Jalen Hurts looked very good last year. He played very well last year. He was number two fantasy quarterback last year. Uh, it was number two or three. He was top five in, in terms of points. That's a young team, Cody, except for a, a few veterans like Slay. They've got a young quarterback, a phenomenal young wide receiver in Devontae Smith. They could go places. No, they absolutely could, and it's early. But they're, they're proving that, that they might be legit this season. I mean – uh, we'll see in a couple weeks if they are and they can keep it up. 100%. 100%. Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs game. A couple former Bulldogs on that one. Chris Jones, Willie Gay. Willie Gay, by the way, recently handed, I believe, a four-game suspension for an incident back before the season started. He'll be out for a few weeks, so we'll see him back later in the season. 
when it comes to these stat books are insanely long. When it comes to Chris Jones, though, against the Chargers, three total ta- uh, three total tackles, one assisted tackle, a pair of sacks. Chris Jones is just a grown man. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> Chris Jones is a, a. He's not talked. It feels like he's not talked a whole lot about unless you're either in Kansas City. Or you're from Starkville, or, or live in Starkville. Houston, Houston High School's finest, mind you. Otherwise, you don't hear about him a lot. But he is a big time contributor for Kansas City. Absolutely, absolutely. Willie Gay in that game, though, and this is again, I think Willie Gay's suspension is actually going to be a huge loss for this Chiefs defense against the Chargers this past week. Eleven combined tackles. That's phenomenal. Two Bulldogs on the same defense, absolutely flying to the ball and causing problems. And we know, we asked if this Eagles team was legit. We know. I mean, we know that this Chiefs team is legit. Yeah, and you've you've got two guys like Willie Gay and Chris Jones. And first off, you get, you're going to get a lot of effort out of both of them as it is. But on top of that, they're just dominant forces. On top of being on a very dominant team. And I know that everybody usually only talks about that Kansas City offense with Pat Mahomes. But believe me, watch the defense and they'll show how good they are. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know how we glazed, glazed over this. Fletcher Cox for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Vikings. Same game that Darius Slay absolutely put Justin Jefferson in the blender. Three tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. That's big. Huge. Bulldogs making their presence felt all over the field. And I feel like, you know, you get... So, a lot of teams get, like, they get a lot of guys in the NFL and they play, but not necessarily always a big name. But when it comes to defense in Mississippi State, they show out and they ball every single weekend, and you always see the production from them. You do. You do. Mississippi State puts guys in the league. They do. If you want to play pro ball and you think you've got what it takes, come to Mississippi State. Defensively. 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 We we do got a quarterback in the league, a mighty good one. A mighty good one. Who's hurt every season. But, yeah, exactly what Tanner said. If you want to go to the league and you play defense, come to state, chances are you could be one of those guys one day. 100%. As far as Jeffrey Simmons goes, nothing. A big goose egg in just about every measurable statistical column this weekend. Granted, did play Buffalo. I almost want to say no comment, but... Um, put it this way: Josh Allen is a beast. Stephon Dig- Stephon Diggs is a beast, and the Bills might go seventeen and zero this season. They very well may. Be. They they very well may. So, I don't want to say Jeffrey Simmons played bad, but what I will say is the Bills are that good. Absolutely, that good, bar none. I don't see how you can argue it. As far as other state to Sundays, still not seeing Dak Prescott. No. Which is, it's very sad. Like, I, I hate to say this, but 
Dak will never get a Super Bowl ring as long as he is in Dallas. I want to believe he will, but he just won't. But he's so fun to watch, though. He is. He is. But like you said, as far as... I think he could do it in Dallas, to be honest. But it's going to take Jerry Jones kicking the bucket. So, yeah. Let me retract that statement. If Dak wants a Super Bowl ring... It's going to be without Jerry Jones. He can do it in Dallas, but Jerry Jones has to be gone. Absolutely. They're setting, again, I've said it for the last few weeks now, I think Dallas and Jerry Jones are setting him up to be a scapegoat for just how bad that team is right now. Here is under Dak's status. This was was, uh, uploaded, posted a week ago, or excuse me, a day ago. Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones said Prescott could be back as early as week four against the Commanders or week five against the Rams. John Makata of The Athletic reported this. That seems like an early, early return, considering everything that was said under original diagnosis. Don't rush him back is what I'm going to say, but at the same time, if he's ready to go, get him back. Week four is literally two weeks away. As of Sunday, it was two weeks away. If you can get him back out there, maybe he can get this team rolling. I don't think – I still think they have a postseason chance. I really don't. You don't think they have a postseason chance? Not to make any kind of real noise. I mean, I, th- you, I think they'll grab a wild card spot. I don't think they'll do anything with it. At this point, I don't see the point in rushing him back to a mediocre at best playoff team. Well, unless Jerry Jones sells that team or he goes somewhere else, this is his best chance. Which is sad to say, because Dak is getting paid. Zeke is getting paid entirely too much, but nonetheless, Zeke is getting paid. And they're still, they just don't have it. They just don't have it. It's going to be a... It might be a very rough career for Dak, to say the least. It may be. And I hate that it's having to come there in Dallas, which is really where he grew up wanting to play. A terrible situation there. But we'll keep you posted as far as that goes and as much as that unfolds. Hopefully we'll have some more guest appearances very soon on The Dudes, maybe even as soon as Thursday when we bring you the preview of Mississippi State and Bowling Green. Just a reminder, that game kicks off at a bright and early 11 a.m. on Saturday. Be there, be square. Cody, did you know where that saying comes from? Because if you're not there, you're not around. Isn't that something? Either way, I'm done with the puns for today. This has been The Dudes. I'm Tanner Marler. He's Cody Blazak. We'll catch you guys on Thursday. The proceeding was a WMSV production.